guess because they're SM58 is directional, they don't pick up farts. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place. That's a good place to start, as any. Welcome to Harco <laughs> meets humans, everybody. I uh, hope you've had a lovely Sunday so far. Are whenever you're listening, um, I am joined today by two young men from the band Spouts. Jamie and Karen, hello. 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 Sports. Should we start with the name? We say we say sports because <laughs> we wanted to spell it correctly. There was already a band called Sports spelled correctly, so we spelt it wrong. Uh, and like the Kiwi way of saying sports, you kind of drag out the or in the middle. But, but people call us spouts. It, it doesn't really matter. Oh, but, but we say yeah. sports. Famously, bully said that on stage. Spouts. Spouts. Thanks to spouts. spouts. But as like making a joke, I forget. That we opened, I was in the band at that point. You were, right? yeah. We opened for Bully. Yeah. Isaac, you guys opened for Bully. For those yeah. playing at home, Isaac used to play bass for us. Yes, so a <laughs> yeah. bit of context. This is a special Timaru takeover episode because <laughs> I've known Jamie and pretty much Karen since I was like five. Mm. Yes. I was a bit later. You're a little, maybe, you're, maybe 11? You're a little rural boy, weren't you? <laughs> but I grew up just around the corner from Isaac. Yeah. In Timaru. We've known each other for a long time. Karen and I were in my first band. Uh, we, we, I did exclusively ACDC covers and one U2 cover in, in, at, at Waimataurai <laughs> Primary School. Yeah, it was a and, big event. Yeah, and Jamie was in the other covers band who did Blink-182 and Green Day covers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's been like only high quality music since that point. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. There was, we had very... A couple of like very good teachers that let us do that, eh? Back in the day. Amazing. Was who, that Miss Faulkner? Who, who was it? Miss Faulkner, Mr. Hunter. Shout out Mr. Hunter and Shout his out. Buffy addiction. You got to do the cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, inside baseball. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an episode of a bit of that, I think. But um, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. When I came back from London, uh, I was in Timu for a bit and these boys were in Christchurch and they were starting... What would turn out to be sports? I think it was sports by the time you actually contacted me to come up and play, right? Yeah. And then that journey's basically led to them being a part of two cartoons, me and Brad being a part of the live sports thing, you guys moving to Auckland, a whole heap. Now, that's just very quick fire context. I'm <laughs> sure we'll talk about it a bit more. But the, the the first question I want to ask is that like the whole time sports has been going, it's I've I've never heard either myself or you guys be able to describe what sports actually like sounds like or is now that you've got this is I think this is the technically the the first project coming out now that has nothing to no part of me in it whatsoever because I had a little bit in the last one like what would you describe it like now? I'm I'm interested to know we what you take think turns, sports eh? sounds like now. Yeah, let's take turns. I'll, I'll go first. For me, it's just like alternative guitar-based music that I guess part of it is quite poppy at times and then part of it is, I guess, a bit more. We, we try and go into slightly noisier, punky stuff sometimes, but more poppy in general, I guess, as a summary. <laughs> 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 you can tell I love this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the catchy summation. On to you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's about right, to be honest. Guitar-driven music. Guitar-driven alternative music uh, that likes to go off on little tangents. Yeah. With, th- like, some, with, like, melody in it. Tangential guitar pop music. 
Love it. I think drums as well are probably a decent focus as well because Jamie's a f- awesome drummer. And, and as my background as well. You yourself are a drummer as we well, all, Everyone who's ever yeah. been in the band has been a drummer. Yeah, actually that's true. Ever. If, I don't think I really count. Uh, you do. In that. I have we, we know Everson's. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess technically Famous. I did drum in two cartoons as well. Yeah. That's a, th- that, that's a technical foul, if anything. Brad was a drummer. Brad's, Brad's a drummer. Sam, who sure. currently plays guitar with us, grew up as a drummer. J- Jake Love, who's currently playing bass for us. Was a drummer. Was he? Yeah. I know he's played drums. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. We're a drum and We're a drum band. We have drums in the band as yes. well. Yes. <laughs> and Jamie also plays <laughs> drums play in the band. <laughs> now, we will say the reason that they've listed so many people to be playing in their band is not because they're horrible to work with, but it's... <laughs> it's <laughs> people are like, oh my God. Is this like... <laughs> we're going for the record. We're not we're the chills, man. We're trying to beat Martin Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> You hear that, Fuck Martin? Yeah. You're going to have to come on now and refute this. Yeah. Um, but it's because it's just you you two write all the music. And yeah. And it's just finding the people to play the different live setups for you guys. Up until needed. now, yeah. I guess. So like this EP that we're releasing on the 16th, which has already come out by the time anyone's listened to it, is probably the first time we've involved another person in songwriting to a higher extent. Like when we played with uh, Isaac and Brad, like – you guys wrote parts and stuff or you like you at least had an influence on that. But this time we tried to uh with Sam involve him probably more than we did in the past. Yeah. 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 Like still it still functioned as I guess me as the core, like presenting a, a song ish outline. Um but then him yeah, us working together a bit more on structure and then Jamie also doing lyrics, which previously I did at least some of the lyrics. Um but yeah, this one was pretty much all Jamie, which was awesome for me. Lyrics? Yeah, so we, we adopted, we kind of adopted Sam's way of making music, which was, wasn't a way that we were doing it. So he kind of took control of the box as we were making demos and then would have, uh, like, I don't really know how to put it. A stronger focus on pre-production. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Which- exactly. Is also now we're going forward, we're, we're changing that mindset as well, but that's, I guess, another. Well, I, no, because <laughs> it was I a good it was experiment also. Something that I, we talk about a lot on the podcast is like, and, and I've said this to you guys heaps of times, is that everyone, I, I'm like, everyone's creativity is kind of, and taste is the same as they live their lives. They like the things they like. They, they you know, the taste stays the same. The only thing that changes the output of the things you make is the process. And you guys are a real good example of that because you sure. you actually change processes explicitly by just having different members or different setups. But also, like, you're actually more intentionally changing your processes now that when you're thinking about, like, yeah. oh, we, we really focused on pre-production in this album. Or, like, oh, we're really going to try and do it just in the room a bit more spontaneously for the next one. Like, that kind of shit. And I think that's really interesting. We've definitely, like, with each release, we've definitely had a a different process. Like the first one was very much in the garage, Jamie and I smashing out stuff and then getting to a point. Second EP was much more me writing songs in my bedroom first, coming with like full songs. And then the album, I guess, was a mix of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. When, and this next one was much more, uh, I guess, group pre-production. Like I would still come with like a framework or like a semi-completed song but then we we worked through that a lot more as a group. We 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 scrapped a lot as well. Yeah, we scrapped, which a is bunch different of for us. 
Mm. So usually we'd have maybe like scrap one or two out of the thing. But this time we scrapped. We, we, at a point we decided we were going to scrap a bunch. Yeah. Go, this is our direction. This is what we're going to put out. Um, and then focus on those ones properly. Do yeah. you guys like think about the fact that most of the do you do you think about the bands that you like also scrapping songs or you just, do you just assume like I had this thing for a whole lot of time that all the musicians I really like they all the songs I heard were just all the songs they wrote and they only write good songs <laughs> and it was just like there was like a two cartoons thing for a while we were like mm-hmm. well why would we like we've just written a bad song but it's this song we'll just put it on like, did, did you, you guys, did you know that it was a bad song? There is, well, I mean, rainbows. <laughs> As a matter it's a of perspective, <laughs> my touch yeah. point for this would definitely, you know, it'd be some kind of monster. Obviously, would be the touch point for this. You mean the Metallica? Gra- that snare is coming back into uh, acceptance in pop culture. Yeah. I reckon. Uh, everyone listening to the podcast, please go and watch some kind of monster. Yeah, even yeah, if you don't like Metallica, it's it's a legendary documentary. It's a touchstone in our relationship. Yeah, it is. What what? Did they scrap a bunch of songs? In yeah, the I'm trying to. Like, I feel like we could probably sing songs. Well, that's songs. the Rick Rubin thing, right? He comes yeah. in and goes like, "All right, uh, these this one's cool, this one's good. The rest of them, get rid of them. Right, another thirty songs." Yeah, which I never even assumed, thought would be a thing for bands to do. You know, that was a revelation when I heard like people actually do that. That yeah, that happens in New Zealand as well. Yeah, I've heard that happen with different producers around the country. Imagine yeah. that's like a life cycle of bands thing. Because I don't know, at least our experience, we started a band to be in a band and to put out music like almost purely for fun. So like it almost didn't matter. Like we did it just to do it. <laughs> so we're like, cool, we got songs, sweet, let's just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess as you're in a band longer, you start to be tougher on yourself um, and I guess be more willing to go through that process of being like scrapping songs. When at the start, like it was just, the fact we were doing it was the only outcome we really wanted at the very start, you know. Is what's what's it now then if it's not doing it for that reason? Well, that's still I, that's still a big part of it. But I guess now that we, you know, learning stuff, trying almost improvement, I think. Like at least for me, around songwriting, um, just much better flow of songs, especially in vocals being a focus because I'm not like a natural singer trying to figure out where my voice sits and like even though we've been doing this for like what four years like it's improvement process <laughs> is it four years has it been like maybe it's been five five, I think it's five okay. years it's literally Correction. like we probably put our first EP out like this month five years ago so this, yeah so you guys when I found you you were in Christchurch there was a garage at your it was at my place it was at your place so we recorded at my in my mum's garage yeah right we, yeah. oh yeah you must you weren't in the country for the the start of the band yeah no. when we wrote the stuff yeah yeah and then and then Christchurch was when the first EP yeah happened which is Dobus and Dobus Heavy Rum Monster Man. no no, no that's second EP okay I, see I, I put the two EPs together yeah and then no they came out very close together and and like, I think for me the big memory that was when I would drive up from Timaru to yes. do gigs. Then the memory for me at that time was the dark room gigs. Yeah. Do you guys miss the dark room? Yeah. Yeah. I love the dark room. Yeah, we love we love the dark room. Such yeah. a good spot. Like they're just holding it down. Even now they're holding it down. There's new owners, but they're lovely and still, still holding it down. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Christchurch would be without them because because there's other venues, but not like. For that, and you're not not welcoming venues to 
you know, local bands or touring bands or whatever. Like, yeah, because not you, appropriately you guys sized. Were in Christchurch from the, earth, the earthquake started. Like, we yeah. all left Timaru. Yeah, went to university. You guys were in Christchurch, and you've been there the whole time. Yeah. and obviously people very interested in music and then making music as well. Like, how important was the dark room to what was going on in Christchurch? Well, like around the time we started the band, like that was when I was actually going there a lot. Mm. Like when I got the bug for New Zealand alternative music was through the dark room. So who was playing like around those times? Uh, Nike. Nike. <laughs> Shout out Nike. Shout out Na- bring like, back Nike, Renaissance. Yeah, bring back Nike. Uh, yeah, Nike Dobra, Stephen Mart. Things. T- Tim and then a lot of folks um, on touring bands. I remember like Miss June coming down. To yeah. Who, oh yeah, it was like um, look at look at UTR and be like who's coming through. Mm. Like yeah, New Gum Sun. Yeah. Miss June. Bleh, a lot of others. Yeah, and also there was like Yumi Zuma were coming through. Two cartoons that, two, came two through. Two cartoons were coming through with nails. <laughs> that was yeah. That's a good show. There was like there was shows every week, and you'd just go have a look and see who's playing and have a beer, and. If you're like me, you're like, let's start a band so we can play here. Mm. Yeah. I think it was both of us, like, we both played music all through high school. And then, like, Jamie went to Maine, so it was more music focused, but I went to uni. And then my friends were all big into music, but there was no, like, direct musicians. Mm. Um, and I was a drummer, and so was Jamie. And it was, like, later on, like, living together and then me playing more guitar and just being like, oh, we're in a position just to get back into it. It was like a, yeah getting back into it kind of thing. And did it like, now that you've been in Auckland, like I understand that you like being in a, in a bunny quotes proper band started in Christchurch. And, but now that you've done it in Auckland for so long, do you have like, have you looked back on the time and being in Christchurch and being a band as like having anything special or different about it compared to like being here and being a band? The biggest difference would be, and we were in Christchurch, like that was literally all we had to do. <laughs> like right. over the weekends, we had no other plans. Yeah. So that was us making the best of what we were up to. So I look back on that. It was, yeah, that was really cool. It was funny. And it was just, we had a purpose, like a general aim, like cool, we should just do something. But we would just hang out like every Saturday and just jam in the, in the garage for a few hours. And it was just kind of our routine for a while. And then we we're like, oh, cool, we might as well try and record it. Yeah, be cool if we could record with Stephen Marr and then yeah. Jamie made it I happen. I forget that he did it. You did it with Stephen, right? We did yeah, it with Stephen. We Steven. were just like, all right, we got some songs we kind of like, but we tried to record them ourselves, and like I wasn't quite up to it, and like I wanted to them to be the best they could be as they were. So we're like, all right, we'll reach out to Stephen and we'll get the, we'll get the Nike sound. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen John Maher is going, who's like worked with Ben Woods, who's worked with like Kane Strang, who's worked with like a fucking everyone. He works around here yeah, now. Yeah, right around here now. He but was he in Dunedin for a long time holding that down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's, there's, there's something to be said about like. How cool is that? That's really cool. I actually forgot about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just remember him being, I, for some reason I just thought, he, I, I know Dopra was a thing. I'd actually forgotten about Nike and how much I like Nike. But I kind of, when I think of Steven now, I'm like, oh yeah, Dunedin and then now he's in Auckland. But yeah. it's that whole Christchurch time. There's a whole Christchurch in there, yeah. Dopra were one of the, uh, sorry, Nike, well, Dopra were great too, but Nike were one of the most fun bands to watch live. Like, I never got to see There's a story of, was it, uh, is it John, uh, John T, the drummer? Oh yeah. <laughs> eating a little snack between a song and just making a bit out of it. Like it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> I will never forget that. Yeah. 
And starting sports, we did those ridiculous samples and shit. Like Jonah Lombe rugby samples and Mark Richardson samples. That was kind of based off that. Like, how can we make it funny? Yeah, just more of a meme. <laughs> but he's funny. Yeah, yeah. genuinely yeah. funny. Genuinely funny. I need Mark Richardson and Jonah Lombe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a great time. I loved driving up and playing. I mean, because, you know, obviously, like, you had come with us when we had been in high school as, like, these dancing wolves which is, I was playing bass, Karen was drums. So weird explaining it, well, we all fucking know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and playing like media club with Marcus and like, and all those things. And you'd come up for those yeah. as well. And we would, it just reminded me of like, I had such good times when we would do that. Like I was thinking about the other day, listening to like the Ricky Gervais show. Yeah. Like that was my first technically podcast I'd ever, li- and like, yeah. I loved those. We would drive back from Crusher to Timaru listening to that. Yeah, for sure. And it's it, funny how you remember that shit because I remember listening to Foles like on repeat. True. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you remember those things, eh? Drinking flame in the, in the car park. Drinking flame in the car park. Yeah. It's not the show. No. What happened when you were playing? Yeah. The only, the only part of the gig I remember is, um, not, is it, was it Brand New Math? Yeah, definitely. The Tiger Tones one? No, Tiger it? Tones. I remember the Tiger Tones one, yeah, and Pikachu and shit. Is that because that was yeah. the one with the house afterwards? The house part. Yeah. Yeah, we were like, oh my Sorry. God, Bam Bang Itch is here. Yeah. <laughs> Huge Bam Bang Itch fans. Um, and we played a show in Wonder Bar, which is still there. I, I don't know how much, I think they're still doing shows, but was it with um, So So Modern and Disaster yeah. Radio? And we played to no one, but it was awesome. So when Blink was here doing the podcast and he was like, his whole thing about like, oh, he peaked with his like, the camp back in like 20 something. He's like, yeah, it's hard to know that I peaked at a certain time and I never will get there again. When he said that, I like thought about that gig at Wunderbar with So So Modern Disaster Radio and then us as high schools. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like that was the (laughs) coolest moment of my life. I don't know if I'll get there again. We had a good convo about this recently, Isaac, how like you and I particularly like were quite lucky to have someone like James who played with us. We don't realize until looking back now how motivated he was to make like us play gigs and mm-hmm. he was like deep on the MySpace shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. and making us have these cool gigs and you would, me and you were just like, oh, cool, we're going to play a show. Um, but how he kind of just made that happen in the background and like yeah, we got those. Yeah, shout out James Gibb. Yeah, shout out James Gibb. You got to need, you know, it's someone to bring the culture down to Timaruda. Yeah, so. he was trying that, his best. That's crazy. Right. Like that he was doing that. So you guys had nothing to do with that. It was just James no, making connections nothing. over the thing and it was like, where are we going? He's like, I got more restricted. <laughs> We're going up here. <laughs> everything, I, yeah, everything I started doing with two cartoons when Brad and I started, I was a direct like I just did what I'd seen Gibby do for the last three years. Well, yeah, that's what I do with you. It's a chain. It's a chain. Yeah, at the the uh, there is what I wanted to ask you as well is that I had started playing in sports. The, uh, the whole plan the whole time was like, I know I'm moving to Auckland because Brad was in Auckland and like that's just what Two Cartoons was going to do. And I, I don't remember when I asked you guys if you wanted to be like, can you come and be in Two Cartoons? And like what convinced, well, J- Jamie came on tour with us, right? Played drums for us. That was awesome. You lived in a garage <laughs> with me. Yeah, for Murray, like a month. For a month. But... And when we came back and we're like, this is happening, like, for each of you, what, 
what was it what was the process of you actually deciding you were like I'm gonna yes I will leave my life in Christchurch I'll move to Auckland and join this band and do this band stuff like what was that experience for for you guys mine was when you asked me to go to Auckland yeah and I was like we're going and you're like dude come up we're gonna all be doing it together we're gonna do this stuff it was like yeah sick let's go see I because I I find it unbelievable that you were just like yeah let's just do it well, I thought about it for a little. I was like, I'll get back to you. Mm. But like initially that wasn't like move to Auckland. That was like, come on tour. We got you. Bit and then by it bit. was kind of like, as soon as I got up there, it was like, well, this is fucking sick. We should do it. That would be fun. But I remember like before Karen talks, I remember us playing the sports EP that wasn't out at the time before that. And it was like, well, how about Kieran comes up and he can play bass when Dom leaves. And we're like messaging Kieran on, in the car and Raglan and being like, come to, come up. Oh, I don't remember that. Fuck. I, I don't remember that that much. I seem to remember just talking to you on messages and you're like, bro, you should just come. And then for me, I was just kind of, I've been in Christchurch a long time. And I was just like, okay. And I was in a fortunate position to have a job that they were like, oh, you can just keep working from home. So it was like a very easy thing. <laughs> yeah, we were in a like transition period where everyone was leaving yeah. as well. So, like, as we left and then, like, a bunch of our friends also left Christchurch at the same time. So, it was kind of, like, done. Right. It like, happened at the right time. Yeah. It was, like, ready for change, ready to go. Well, we would have both been in Christchurch for about, what, seven years by then? I like don't seven, remember, like, yeah. uni and then, yeah, I think you t- I was at uni three years and four years of working, yeah. So, it was kind of just, like, a right time and it was fun. Yeah, and yeah. we got. I remember. I always remember the first day we got, like, because you guys were already up in Auckland for like a few days before I got up here, and then like driving through Auckland for the first time, like not knowing where the hell I was going, like getting stuck in the motorway, all that classic stuff. And then we like got to the. Then we went to Brad's parents, uh, his mum's place first, and then got to the flat, and we just had like nothing, like <laughs> just such a classic flat situation. <laughs> we might have had one couch. I don't even remember if we actually had a couch. Yeah, uh, so we just had like a coffee table or something out of the. But we had our music gear and yeah. we, we set it up in a circle and played loops all night. Yeah. I remember that happening. Oh, I'm sick. But, but that wasn't as soon as we arrived. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. That's all good, man. We're going to talk about our van ride up to Auckland. Oh, well, you almost, didn't you almost crash? We did a podcast on the way up. Yeah, and we almost died. Well, I, I, I crashed. I technically crashed the car before I even picked him up because I, I scraped it along the sides of a mall-like parking lot. Because I, cause I, cause I had to wait for Jim to be ready for um, pickup. So I went and watched like um, Zootopia on my own yeah. at 10 a.m. And I, and, I, and I misjudged the like spiral up and scraped the, the van we were, were taking. We hired a van and we packed it out completely with shit. Yeah, and we drove, drove up. We drove the, drove the Didn't van. you have the, um, the headrest from that van for a few years? Yeah, <laughs> we certainly kept that, yeah. Sorry, whoever we rented that from. <laughs> my bad. But yeah, I, do you guys, what do you guys, now that we've, because a bit of context, this, when we moved on, we all lived together in a Mount Wellington flat um, that essentially we turned the living room into a band practice, rehearsal, recording space. Um, now that we're all like older and we've moved out to actual flats and we all like have lives and shit, like when you think back on that, like that lifestyle, what, what, what's your like thoughts and feelings on it? Because, like, like and it was, like, just the, like, okay, we just practice all the time. And, and we set up a our living room is just filled with gear. 
you know what I mean? Like, it's such a different world from where we are now. I loved it because I didn't have to pack up a drum kit every time and, mm. like, move my drum kit around. Um, but, fuck, man, I'm so sick of hearing guitars. <laughs> like, all <laughs> the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Isaac's, like, a bit of a, I don't know, you were writing a lot, smoking a lot of ciggies, playing a lot of guitars, doing a lot of singing. I'm an out loud writer. Yeah. So that was constant. Our <laughs> um, flat was pretty like, it wasn't very like. It's pretty rough. Yeah. But it was awesome. Like, yeah, like, it was, it was a cool, great yeah. time. It was just, it was very like, you know, moment in time-ish where like it was perfect for what it was. But then like, as we get older and like, we're all now like living with partners and stuff and like, I wouldn't go back, but it was awesome. It was like a great, what well, was like a, it was that way for what, maybe a year and a half where it was just us four guys you know, living however we lived, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. playing music. And it was, it was great. Yeah. Like just in the afternoons, we'd just like sit up and play for like a couple of hours, play like both bands and then randomly jam for too long and <laughs> um, play records at half speed. Like it was... <laughs> <laughs> and try to get people to come out to Mount Wellington, but everyone's like, no. Yeah. yeah that, that's when you learn about Auckland, eh? How Mount Wellington is, is too far out for, for people who so are, are more used to Karanga Hape like, Road. We, there's like a lot of young people who listen to this. And who will probably be faced with the with the realization that no one gets funding or anything unless you live in Auckland, or maybe Wellington. Who will be like, I'm going to move to a big city. You know what I mean? I'm going to move up to try and further my music career, which is what we did, right? Yeah. Ex- to the extent we didn't think about it that way, but that's what we yeah, did. Yeah. Move closer to what was going on. Mm. We, it, Auckland was a really tough place to try and get into making friends for me personally, like. I, and and the more people I've talked about, like talked to, have had a very similar experience. And I'm sure, like we're all doing it together, it's the same for you guys, right? Yeah. So I didn't leave Mount Wellington that whole time, really, except to go for, to go to gigs and stuff. Do you guys remember? It was a massive adjustment. Do you do, do you remember when when you started feeling like okay, I'm a bit, I'm maybe a part of the community here now? Mm. Which community? The though? music community. Maybe not even so after that. Because I think because we were all four of us and we were, I wouldn't say we were insular, but we we had ourselves. So like, I don't know if we were as active when like, I think especially after us all having our own places and and even playing with different people, um, that was when it started to feel a lot more like that. Mm. When Almost when we first moved up, we were new and we didn't need to. And we still like met a lot of people, but I would say it took a while. Still working on it? Yeah, and still working on it, no doubt. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there's people, when you go deeper into it, like, not everyone's just, I, I had this idea that everyone's just hanging out. Like, everyone else knows each other. But right. then you go to, say, I went to, like, a friend's birthday and I realized where each other, where they had met each other. And it's like, oh, it's not where I thought. Mm. It's like, oh, I met him through this. And I was like, oh, true. I thought you were buddies since you were kids. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So. Because, like, Dunedin wasn't like that at all. Like, we were... Brad and I just turned up for uni and like there was an a there was a Dunedin scene going on separate from uni and all we had to do was to go to refuel and oh we're in the community. Right. Mm. Yeah. It was a com- and even in London. Yeah. Like we weren't in a music community because music communities don't necessarily easily exist in London. But I- like the community Hackney Wick we landed in, like Dom we met 
extremely quickly and he was like i have a practice space and then he's like meet howie and howie like we were in the community immediately auckland's the only place i've moved yeah. to where i at, at, like i was like i don't feel like i'm a part of anything here i felt earlier on maybe really when it was like before before we moved here so when we did that tour and stuff just meeting people every day like new people like the nine express and then like Priya's bands and all those people, it kind of felt like everyone was, at that moment in time, it felt like everyone was kind of mm. hanging out. Although also that Wax would be, channels. apart from maybe a few other ones, like a lot of the people we know now and we know better are all people who we met through that initial thing. Like especially because yeah. when I came up, I wasn't on tour with you guys. You already knew the Nai people, uh, Priya and all of that. And they're still probably the people we know like best. True. Um, I don't know if we've met that many new people after, like a few people. But um, not the level that we are with some of those. And then like Ben from Nana who played with us and that was yeah. definitely a... Shout out to awesome. Nana Express. Cause yeah, like, shout out. And like... If you haven't listened to them. Because they like that was just Bridge and Brad being sailing family buddies and like they came on the two cartoons tour. It was like, it was one of the, it was like their early first shows. We like... We got to see Nana Express like right at the start of Nana Express all mm. the way through. Which is probably why yeah, we, we all... Probably why we love them so much. But like... For me, like that, the low, my like feeling a part of something is, is starts with Benji and Low Tide and that Nine Eye Express gig all like kind of coming together. Yeah. And like the doing shows with him and then in the other Low Tide, that's when I was like, okay, I can kind of, oh, Scott's talking to me and then like, oh, Ben, and they're like, oh, are they doing this other thing. And then doing when I turned 25, the Wax Chattels gig. When you gave up smoking. The last night I smoked. Screamathon. Screamathon. You doing. Jamie. Kieran. Jamie. 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 Screamathon. Yeah. Was like, when you look back on it, that was like a super proto like version of a lot of the things that I like to do now. Yeah. Do you want to explain what it is, Jamie? Yeah. tell, Tell everyone what Screamathon was. Screamathon, as Isaac is talking about it, was a show that we put on where we had four bands play in one night and they each played over a 30-minute cut of Scream, one through to four. And you cut them down to 30 minutes. <laughs> and I cut them down to 30 minutes, each of them, and I tried to keep the narrative intact. And there was also an encore. And the lineup was Sports, uh, Trip Pony, Harvey Unclear, and Wax Chattels. Yeah, damn. Which is fucking <laughs> we did crazy. well at that one. At Fuzzy Vibes, which was dope. Yeah, Fuzzy Vibes, eh? Hey. And like that, I mean, it's crazy how dope of an idea and that it happened. Yeah, well, that was just what I, with my friends in Christchurch, we used to do a screamathon. Yeah, it was an annual we, event Jamie would always put yeah, on. I did it for years. Not with bands, we would just literally watch all of the movies. Because yeah, for those that don't know, in Scream, they essentially do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's, I, I complete, you know, I remember that night is like the night I smoked my last cigarette. And the night Karen enjoyed Wax Chattels about too much. I don't know if that, that was, was that different night. Night. Different, different night? night. Yeah. Oh, the, the night that Karen made it through a Wax Chattels set. We were lucky enough. They literally blew first my wax mind. Chattels, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it, and do you still, do you still have like a, the, the thing that made you put Screamathon on, do you have like an outlet for that now? No. Nah. Do you think about that kind of stuff much or is it just... Like, would you, would you nah, do another... Sp- I mean, more like, I was, I felt quite naive then. Right. Where it was just like, fuck it. I'm going to put on this gig. 
Like I, there was no, no other thought about it. But now I'm like, oh fuck, got to put together money and then like pay all the bands and is it kind of sure like it's like four bands? Can I do four bands? Oh shit! Like, is it kind of like the knowing you you almost know too much? It gets in the way of just the like dumbassery of it. Yeah, and there's not really that space. Yeah. True. Fuzzy yeah. guys is really easy to do. They will just like show up. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. yeah. How long was Fuzzy around for? Like. I remember it being around for us, at least when we went there, for like maybe six months. I think it must have been around a, a wee while before that, but definitely was a, wasn't that long. Yeah. <laughs> but there were some great shows there. But no, nah, I don't think so. It was the first kind of like Auckland, very like, commun- like musician-driven thing versus like, you know, not saying like wine cellar, like they're, they're a bit more professional. They're actually, you know, bars. Um, it was the first kind of housey kind of thing that mm. we went to. I didn't make any money on that. No. Don't put, don't let everyone just put people on the door. <laughs> and also, here's another reason I haven't done Screamathon because I've tried to do Screamathon again. Like, I've done early stages of just trying to book bands. The only reason I haven't done it always fell on Whammy Fest and was up against Whammy Fest every time. As a person whose birthday is like the 29th of October and Halloween is always there and all that shit, like, Sometimes, sometimes certain events are always going to clash with certain dates, and it's just like it's booking bands, though. Right? Yeah, it makes it all complicated. You want to yeah. do a screamathon stage at Whammy Fest? God damn, done. <laughs> we sit it on a re- you've sit it on a recorded podcast. Paco <laughs> is opening. <laughs> I play my yearly gig. Yeah, we workshopped the idea of doing a, a similar style WrestleMania show, but uh, uh, that yeah. never that never came through. <laughs> See, I love, but personally, like, yeah, true. Do you, we we were all at Welcome to Nowhere. You guys played a really good set on the opening night. I kind of feel like you should have been given a second set, but well, that you know, whatever. Maybe next time. Uh, maybe next time. But we were all there for uh, members of the Spectre Collective and a few others, sc- like live scored. That just weird film footage. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what the film was, but it was amazing. But like that was one of my like super highlights of that festival. It's the same. The idea of visuals and music. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Like I think it's there is definitely an audience for it. If if you can if you can be bothered working out. I like AV stuff. I like yeah. audiovisual shit. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 the, it's not easy to organize. And it's easy to ask someone else to organize it, but like, fuck, I wish there was more of that shit. And like, Screamathon or like a WrestleMania or just like, yeah. I'm not making you commit live on here. No, nah, WrestleMania was always it. more for the memes, but yeah, like. they would have been cool. They kind of, I think Sean's B Day and maybe Scared of Girls might have done a similar thing. Okay. Who's Scared of Girls? No one knows. Darts? Never heard of them. <laughs> oh, Darts, banned from Wellington Darts. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe it was Darts, I don't remember. But, the reason I don't want to do um, a screamathon because I would like to do a screamathon again, but it's a big investment. Mm. It is the money thing. Like you're gonna take a big loss, maybe. Could, you know, could do. Point it's not really much money to throw around. Could do pointed studios. Still here. I think also because didn't here. we have to hire like because where it was we had to hire like the projector and all that. Like yeah. a lot of places have those now. Like you just can choose your right spot. And then it's hiring. Yeah, if you want to do a bar, like hire a bar. It's logistics. Costs a lot of I money. think that's why like young people do a, a, a bulk of the exciting stuff is because they literally don't know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. True. Yeah, we definitely had that phase, and 
you did too, just at a different time. Oh, I'm still doing that shit. Two days every year, I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, it's just me sending emails, isn't it? That's different. That's cool though. though. Yeah. And there's output to that in a way that there isn't always with a gig. Yeah. You know? Because I've like, like work from it. The, 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 the reason I like that stuff and like, because for as long like as we've all been in bands together, we this is like one of our favorite things to just constantly talk about is like, what do you do as a band to like be, to put yourselves out there? Because there's no blueprint for it. And we're not really, we've never really been like super focused on the like, you, all the traditional stuff, let's say, you know what I mean? So it's always been discussions like, what else than the traditional stuff can we do? And like, for me, that it's it's ended up being like the podcast and two days and shit like that. But like, it's funny talking about these things and and re- like remembering like the Jonah Lomu samples in the middle of the sets and like and then like Screamathon and that happening and all that shit and just like I've, I I have such fond memories of the almost more tongue in cheek aspects of like my relationship with your guys' band and us hanging out um, that I that I really really love. That I don't that I that I think I also love in bands like Sean's B Day and Darts. I would like I th- I put you guys together w- with them in my mind, even though musically it's all, it's pretty different. You know what I mean? What where, where do you? Here's a hard question. What <laughs> what do like when you think of your own band? What other bands in New Zealand do you actually put yourselves? Ne- oh, like do you know what I mean? I have no idea. Yeah, we've we've kind of thought about this, but it's like really hard to. Try it. It's really hard to put ourselves in a box. Which is isolating. Yeah, completely. I think it's also because like, you see like a lot of bands start with a very clear like artistic mentality. Like Wax Shadows is a perfect example of that. They started with a very like strong artistic vibe of where they were going. And we were, we were just never that because we started as purely like we'll just do this. And we've always been... Uh, less of like this is what we are as a band and more of like this is what we want to do at the time once it goes through the filter of us it'll be what it is um, and I guess we're, we're, we're with going forward we're, I guess we're trying to work towards having more of a specific idea but there, there's a very clear difference I think like Wax Shadows yeah perfect example um, yeah I think that's also why it's hard because we've changed and we never started with that mentality <laughs> like yeah yeah. Do you have like a? Do you think there's a point you're moving towards? Nah. Yeah. Cool. Wait, moving towards right now? Yeah. Later on. Yeah, yeah. Like in the future. Mm. Like we've already like I guess it's something we're doing more now, and that's also having Sam as like before we start something, before we start like the next project or whatever that is. Like um. Bunny years for the um video listeners out there. Yeah. Um, trying to like, and it really helps me when I'm thinking of the songwriting because like left to my own devices, I'll just, I'm very like mood, like I'll write what I'm feeling like writing at the time. Um, not lyrically because I, I try to avoid that as much as I can, but um, <laughs> musically. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, sometimes we'll have like on an EP or, you know, when we, we'll have a suite of songs and they could be two different ends of the spectrum, like within the sports spectrum, but two different ends. But trying to come up with a, like an ethos going into it more than we have before, and the not for this EP that we t- we, we just have released. Um, it's a good but, but example the next of one. the other one. The other, it's a good example of five different songs. Yeah, it the is the latest one in a good way. And it was, I guess, it was very COVID, and it was like cool. You know, we're just going to choose the best songs. Um, 
when you're looking forward, we're trying to come up with an ethos a bit more for what the next thing will be and then sticking within that, which is, has never been our mindset. Never. Like never. Um, which I guess is what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just that's just what sports has been. There's never been a strict artistic mentality in terms of musically anyway. Don't try to change us. <laughs> we're trying to change ourselves though, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it, it just yeah. it helps to be like, not to put yourself in a box, but I guess to spend more effort thinking about that going into it, which we just never, well, it's we did. Funny we, it was like, just writing first. We just, I just started writing. Um, and then just whatever came out, we would choose the best of it. A theme of what we've talked about on this couch is intentions. Cruel intention. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we're all very similar. I didn't have, two cartoons never had a, a single intention until right at the end, I think. And I think that probably, like music, I think that probably made a difference for those last, well, for less people. Yeah, that you know, album. Was like, and, and the songs that we that we had around it that we never recorded and put out, like those songs felt different because they had intentions. Yeah. And intentions are pretty like, they matter whether you don't have them, like the screamathons, no intention and just do it. That has an outcome, or they really matter when you actually start trying to have intentions as well, and produces a completely different thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, and I think both can be good, but um, mm. I guess as well going through this, like, and feeling like we've done that side, that it's it feels like more of a step forward for us, and, and a different thing to do to like try and have much more intention going into something. And again, this we haven't made with what we're talking about yet, but that's our intention going forward. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. We're working on writing at the moment, but yeah. um, it's certainly not done. So this, what the the EP that's just out, what was the intention with the music of the EP? What, if there was one at all, we, I'm not we, saying there was one. We had two options, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah. We were like, we could go more abrasive, mm. more towards the Piss in the Wind, which is one of our songs, like crazier, Turn it up to ten, which we tried out. Or we could go poppier, more melody, and we went with that. I think the end it came down to like the better written songs, which ended up being the more popular ones. Um, we yeah, we we toyed with it a long time, eh? Whether we would just go way more abrasive, um, and I thought for a long time that's what we were going to do. But then when we sat down and listened to everything, the others were just better songs, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what would you, when you imagine sports is in like a, the place you want it to be, what's the, what's the like sign that you're there? Like, what are you guys like, is it, is it a song? Like, do you, do you feel like you'll, you'll know you're there when you are like these fucking songs, dude? Or is it like, is it a show? Like I asked George from Deaf Heaven this. Like, how do you know? You, you, he's, he's got a, their band's got ambitions to go places. I'm like, when you imagine the place you're arriving, what do you see? Do you see a, a certain crowd you're playing to? Do you see a, a certain like um, review? Do you, like, and and for him it was like I see a certain amount of people in a crowd. Hmm. Like, do you guys ever when you imagine like a a place you want to be doing bunny ears again? If you do that, like, what is the metric for that? I think, well, me going first. That I think it's something that's changed a bit, but I've I've leaned into more recently. I think this is also a reflection of COVID of like trying to 
more truly like appreciate the parts that I enjoy the most without like worrying about the expectations as much. Like I guess when we first started, it was it was probably more like A, to, to release something and to be happy with the songs and both Jamie and I like really like the recording and writing part. But I guess that the goals were more around cool, like good shows, like that was the metric. Um, and especially for me as time gone has gone on, it's about like just appreciating what I like about music. And for me, it's like it's the writing part. And if, if we write songs that I, I think are good, I like listening to, and we put them out, we record them well, like that's what I'm most happy about. And like, I still like doing the shows around it, um, but I'm not as like worried about that as I was like caught up in the past, I guess, with it. Um, yeah, I don't know, trying to just appreciate what I actually like the most about it, more for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, enjoy, enjoying the process of making the music is a big part of it because mm. it's hard to do. Oh man, I things change. So Everything long. changes. So, but luckily, yeah, it's going well. Um, yeah, I think COVID was a natural way to like ram that home as well because like there was no shows. It was like, well, let's just focus on that part and make sure we enjoy it. You know, um, and. I guess for me, it's making sure I get out something personally from it, which is enjoyment in the end of the day. Like, yeah. And, some, and as well, like, I, we all have mixed feelings about shows sometimes. Shows can be the best thing, but they can also break you down as well at the same time. Um, so they're always, uh, shows are always going to be more of a mixed experience, I think, whether they're good or bad, like, depending on your mindset going into them. Mm. Um, when recording being a longer process, yeah, I feel like you can get to a point where you're happy through all the bullshit. You know, when a show's a point in time. And with this, how close are you to being happy with all the bullshit with the, uh, with this EP? Where, where are you on that? Where, where are you guys on that journey, do you think? I can go. Well, for me, there was a couple of specific things that we focused on, well, I, especially me focused on that we wanted to be better than they were in the past. And I think, like, as long as what we did is better than what for us feels like it's better than the last thing, that's the main thing. You can't drop the quality. When, when a band, like, for me, like, it's always hard when a band has, like, maybe they save up a lot of money and they get a really well-recorded album. And then the next one, no matter what the quality of songs are like, if the quality of the recording drops, like, yeah. not in an intentional way, but just, like, there's just a little bit yeah. less money in the budget, it makes things sound so much better worse because you've got something better to compare it to yeah like it's so and it's it's like a psychological thing that's really hard to get around but i i feel like it it's it's that's all you can really do in every aspect it's like okay we're either we're either plat we either get to the plat we're the plateau here or we slightly raise it i think though surprisingly this is the one at least for me i don't think we did focus on quality as much for me like the huge focus especially towards the end was like vocals because mm. um, I'm not a natural singer and it was around finding yeah, where, where my voice act, like trying to understand well, myself better. Well, anyone on the couch says that they're an actual anything. Yeah, true. No doubt. Um, uh, this isn't an actual podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to it. <laughs> we, we each have individual mic microphones on booms. Yeah, shut this up, is a, this, is a, this is a podcast. Joe Rogan's here. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys. <laughs> Pull that up, Jamie. Yeah. No, Karen's right. Um we kind of achieved our goals on this EP, I think. Mm. Um, we all had our own diff like little goals. Um, Kieran strong on the melodies and the singing, and I think that worked out really well. 
I think he's got some of his best performances on this. Like Kieran highlights. It's really good. Caters or highlights. Um, and yeah, and myself, just my own little drum goals, just seeing, playing around and seeing if I get out of the way a little bit or if I whatever and just trying to get a good take recording. Mm. Um, and then Sam, I'm sure he had his own goals around recording and because he mixed and mastered all of it. So um, I know that he worked really hard on that. Although if he was here, he would go, oh, well, oh, too bad shit. Sucks, then yeah, yeah that's why he's not allowed a microphone. But that's Love all you, learning. Sam. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. The other thing was lyrically, right? Um, and it oh, kind of goes sure. back to what we're saying about enjoying, like choosing what you enjoy. I've, I've always done lyrics, not like solely me, and Jamie's always done some lyrics, but like the last stuff was much more me. And I, I've always hated it, honestly. Like, um, Yeah, well, I've always said to you, you should just be an instrumental band. Yeah. <laughs> But this was because, Jamie, you're much more focused on lyrics and he always has been. He loves it more. And it was like, well, why are we, why am I trying to force it when there's someone in the band who actually enjoys it and actually, you know, wants to say stuff? And it was just, yeah, it made so much more sense. And I think it turned out so much better. Like, Jamie did a much better job than I could have. And it let me focus on the performance in a way that I didn't in the past. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's a and, really, and the lyrics are way better than It's mine. a really interesting process because there's not Thanks. many people who split the melody. It's like it's like a fucking what's his name Elton John and that guy yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's not it's it's more rare that people have someone who writes the lyrics completely divorced of um, like complete melody ideas and someone comes in and, and does the melody. So well, I think yeah. that's an interesting process. Normally well. retrospective so like we would have a demo and I would have written the melody with like Metallica style, whatever I was, you know, in my mind. Did you just say Metallica style? Metallica yeah, everyone knows James Hetzfield yeah. uh, <laughs> is way of doing it. Like, Metallica's a big thread through our friendship. Yeah. Shout we, out Metallica. We could talk about but Isaac and I had a very large Metallica phase in what, end of year eight, year nine. Still there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we'll do it. I'll, I'll, and same thing when uh, you were there, like Melody will pretty much be essentially done and then I'd send demos to Jamie and he would kind of write to the melody in a way and then would like adjust it as needed. Yeah, we'd come in and actually go over it. Like there was some songs that I just gave you a couple of different lines. Like which one works with your mouth, Kizzy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was very interesting. I really enjoy writing lyrics and it was really cool to take on that. It's nice to see you like getting in the zone and get practice at them as well. You know what yeah. I mean? Like having a it's nice to have like a actual something tangible to fit them into to give them to give yourself purpose to really focus on them definitely it's hard to focus on something that you know isn't really going like it's not necessarily has a place to go yeah for sure i i have so many notes yeah i have melodies and shit and i'm like these could be songs but they're not (laughs) you're gonna look that you're gonna save all the notes from the phone you look back on them as can you do written podcasts i'm gonna put out the first i believe they're called um interviews like (laughs) Print interviews? Is that what? Is it analog? We do a zine. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, zines. Um, oh cool. my god, screenshots of um of like lyric ideas just in a zine. Love that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do no, it. No, we know too much about it. We can't do it. How are we looking for time? Are we wrapping up soon? Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's Isaac. Oh, I just realized what this is. <laughs> this is um are you is the video playing as well? Yeah. This is 
<laughs> me, Kieran, and our good friend George Will, shout out George, doing a cover of Thunderstruck by ACDC at a primary school ball. I'm singing and playing Your bass. voice was uniquely suited to Angus Young at the time. Yes, I hadn't hit puberty yet. <laughs> Brilliant. That's horrifying. I forget there's some good get-ups too. I have like a very large like comical hat on on the drums for some reason. I, I would like to see what you're wearing. George was wearing a full Angus. Uh, he had the school uniform He had the school uniform. Um, I think I was wearing a shirt with a tie. I looked really punk rock. Very but cool. We weren't playing. That's horrifying, Jamie. Benji, you can cut that out if that sounds terrible. No, I love it. Keep it in. It sounds exactly how it sounded on the night. And what did you play that night, Jim? Uh, like, Damn It, maybe? Yeah, I played Damn It by Blink-182, and I played American Idiot by Green Day. Yeah, that was dope. All yeah, that. It's, it was pretty pretty great. Um, it was a good time. It's really... We were saying before this, it's actually really hard to sit down and do this with people that we could just sit and talk trash for like a total hour. And it is weird on some level to be like, so the band that I kind of already, uh, you know, we talk about this shit all the time. But it was, it's really nice. It's a nice manufactured context that actually brought back a lot of really nice, lovely memories. Yeah, we had and some good times. I, I really appreciate you guys letting me play bass in sports for so long. It was, and like coming up, you know, I was just laboring in Timaru for like two months, like having those trips away to Christchurch was amazing. Having you both as like members in two cartoons was like, I think really great. That was the best two cartoons lineup. I think, well, Jamie and I had the most fun at, at, during that period, at least in two cartoons, because you know, you and yeah. Brad were much more serious, well, not serious, but you know, focused on it. And we just got to enjoy playing music live with you guys. It was awesome. Yeah. Like we definitely had the most fun. Yeah. <laughs> took, me, took me around the country a few times. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was amazing. And it made me be like, man, playing bass in a band is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Singing Four and playing strings, guitar is not ideal. Play, <laughs> choose bass. Yeah. You and me got to actually swap these other two. Jim's stuck on the drums all night. Yeah. Well, we, on the we did the whole tour where we would play one band and then Isaac and I would swap instruments and play another. Mm, it was beautiful. It was good. It's really nice. They're like, you know, I remember you guys when we were like five or six in a many different contexts. And it's nice to like still be up here in Auckland and talking about like your band is really cool. It's Being crazy. on my podcast is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's all cool. It's madness. actual madness. It's, it's, it's baloney. It is. Absolute baloney. If only Mrs. Taylor could see us now. Mrs. Taylor. Mrs. Shout Taylor loved me. <laughs> Um, I'm sure we'll get you back, guys back on for the for Timru Takeover podcasts. Yeah. Ooh. It's obviously happening, the Timru uh, Takeover. Are we wrapping up? Well, uh, well yeah, we do, we do plugs, plugs and shout outs. Do you guys have any, have any plugs? Yeah. Uh, listen to our EP that just came out. It's called Clicks and Whistles. Uh, that's on Spotify. Oh, I didn't know it was called that. Yeah, yeah. Clicks and Whistles. Yeah. Cool. Um, so check that out on all streaming spots. Um, and then we're playing a show at flight no at six oh five in Morningside, Auckland. Oh, cool! On the thirtieth of April. Yes, yeah, sick. See you there. Which is a Friday. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and that'll be real sick. It's a small little venue. It's going to be really fun, and we're just going to get you know all the all the all the peeps through. Going to get loose. Going to get loose. Enjoy it for what it is, and have a good night. Yeah, sick. Go also just listen to the rest of the sports catalogue because 
sports is um, un- criminally underrated and un- unappreciated. And and where I think they should be. So go listen to Dovis. Go listen to the album. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah, it's good do shit. It, do it's good it. shit, anyway, man. Like, go I through like the time shit. machine of sports. It's Honestly, fun. yeah. Like there there isn't heaps of bands that fit. If people like this kind of music, there's not that many bands making it. So if you like it, this kind of music, you'll really like sports. Um, yeah. Do you have any plugs, Karen? Any economic policies you want to see brought into the public? <laughs> No, I think Bernard Hickey's covering that pretty yeah. well right now. Shout out to When the Facts Change, the spinoff. Um, I have a plug. Uh, New music. Oh, yes. Oh, tell us. I have a plug. Uh, if you're looking for a drummer in your band, contact Jamie Hanna because he's the best drummer I've ever played with. Please. And he loves playing in bands. And that's my only plug. <laughs> Don't you have new music? You have new music, right? Or have you already plugged this? Some it's already out. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Yeah, I guess this is this in the future. In the future. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this is in the future, guys. I mean, it's right now. It's already yeah. number one. No, and two days will be coming out next week. So I'll plug that next week. Cool. Don't worry, I'm here every week, boys. I can do my plugs whenever. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Can I have the last word? Yes. Before we say cheer butter. I am Sergio Setamio. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's a reveal I wouldn't have dared imagined possible. Oh God! Yeah, well, on that bombshell, jam. You could feel the walls shaking from that, eh? <laughs> Scott, Scott Kendall's gonna and Anthony, yeah, Metcalf. You, Anthony Metcalf just solved a fucking. Got it. You got it. I don't know if you thought it was me, but you thought it was someone <laughs> around me. Sergio <laughs> Setamio reveal. Uh, that's the headline for this one. That's the headline. Uh, well, cheer butter, boys. Thanks, cheer butter. thanks for listening, everybody. Another week of Harko Meets Humans. We'll be back next Sunday. Enjoy yourselves. Tim Rutekover is here. Tim Sartre.